September is here. The mafia is here. Football is here. What's going on, everybody? Welcome into the Dynasty Mafia podcast. It's Antonio Denisi, your boy. Happy hump day. Recording today on Wednesday, getting it out for you on Thursday. Keenan, Jimmy Jeech, Eric Denisi here. What's going on today, guys? You know, I don't want to talk about football right now. Let's talk about the NBA playoffs right now. How how awesome it are these some of these games? Did you guys check out the Utah Denver game yesterday by any chance? Yeah, I did. That was a real exciting game. A lot of scoring been going on so far in the playoffs, that's for sure. You know, yeah, I didn't catch that game, but I'm watching my Rockets right now. His Rockets, ladies. <laughs> They're making me sweat. They're making me go sweat. Go ahead, tell us, Eric. In in the nineties, what did the Rockets do? In the 90s. <laughs> oh, we're not going to get into that argument right now. No. <laughs> yeah, no, it's definitely been real exciting. It's definitely been a bit more competitive, it seems, uh, but they've done really well with the bubble. It's It's been fantastic just to at least have something going on. Especially uh, without March Madness this, this year. I'm not a – I wasn't a big NBA fan, I guess. I mean, I, I would watch it, but, like, I was more of a college fan. But this year, the NBA, I feel like the comp- – the level of competition has definitely increased for all the teams. Well, it has. And then, I mean, we've obviously, we're seeing some young talent that really gets to showcase on the, on, on the floor. I mean, you were just talking about Utah and, and Denver and they got, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, Jay Morant. And uh, we got so many players. Oh, geez, why am I blanking as we're talking about them all? Um, but anyways, they're dropping 50 point games. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's insane. That was Murray. There. Just uh, yeah, yeah Jamal Murray's going wild. Did he do, wild. It? Like, did he do so it three games in a row? And it came back from three one, which is you know. Yeah, the Nuggets. Yeah, Nuggets said so. Yeah, there's a lot of positive things going on for uh for the NBA. A lot of young stars, uh, a lot of young stars in the NFL. I don't know. I don't know. But like I said, welcome in for any new members to the Mafia. Uh, thanks for coming back. Uh, any old listeners, I'm glad you came back. Don't know why you did, but I'm really glad that you're here. Uh, so we're just hoping to give you guys a little bit of information going into your draft weekends. A lot of excitement. Uh, some people probably had some drafts last weekend. I know we had a few, uh, but we have uh, some of our, at least my main league uh, with you guys in that we're doing this weekend, which I'm really looking forward to. Uh, a little different. We usually would have these done, you know, a couple weeks ago, you know, rightfully so with, with what's going on, of course. But uh, is there any, any tips you have you want to throw in real quick? I know um, – we're going to do our rankings episode starting today, and we have a second one coming for you guys tomorrow. But uh, any draft tips that you guys want to throw out right now? I, I've i noticed – sorry, um, but I've noticed just in the, the you know, the drafts we were doing over the weekend and, and some other, you know, mock drafts and everything is I am making sure I get one of the – I mean, I'm getting making sure I get one of these top tight ends in the top three rounds um, – and, Why don't you tell us what you did in one league? <laughs> uh, so I took – I had the one-on-one. I took McCaffrey. And then on the two-three turn, I took uh, George Kittle and Travis Kelsey. Man, it, that had <laughs> crowd – they had that crowd upset, I'll tell that you that. It was a PPR right. league, full PPR. I, you know, but um, but, but not only that, um, out, outside of that, which this league I kind of went a little differently, but normally what, what I want to say is another tip is get two of these running backs in those top three rounds. Because there's a really good, you know, 
15, 16 running backs here, maybe even 17, 18. But after that, it just drops off. So, yeah, um, yeah I, I, I definitely am trying to get two running backs in the top three rounds at least. Sure. I, you know me, I'm a big running back guy. I like to stack running back because I always believe that you can get a decent, you know, wide receiver one. Like, I mean, look, look at Terry McLaren last year. He, he was on the free agent wire. If you picked them up, you got yourself a, a wide receiver one. Where I don't, I feel like the top running backs, they're almost guaranteed to produce just unless they're injured. Where if you get a wide receiver, you, you're, there's a there's a higher chance that you might get a bust at wide receiver than running back. So I do agree with you on that. But one tip yeah. I, I have, um, and then we can move on. Um, you know, I say it every year: wait for wait for a quarterback. Even this year with Mahomes and, and Jackson. And I waited for a quarterback um, till the tenth round, where I was able to get Matt Ryan, and I was really happy with that. And I was shocked that Matt Ryan was there. We've we've talked about the leap year for him, and fingers crossed that this that happens again this year. Yeah, but but also I wanted to add um, the main reason why I'm just trying to get the running backs and the tight end in the top three rounds is because there's so many great wide receivers now. Mm-hmm. Um, it's insane. Like just putting the rankings together alone is just, there's so many, like, so for that league, I went McCaffrey, Travis Kelsey, George Kittle. And then my wide receivers are still Adam Thielen, Stefan Diggs and DJ Chark. Yeah. Like, and so, I mean, it's just, there's so many wide receivers that it's just, you have to go, uh, you know, get, get that edge on those running backs and tight end in the beginning because you can make it work. I like those tips. I like those tips. Uh, and I'm going to throw in one for myself and go for upside. Yeah. Don't, don't shoot for a, you know, a high floor uh, or, or one of those guys that you know is always that wide receiver three and he's never going to do anything. Shoot for the guy that get, has that potential to become a wide receiver one or a running back one on a weekly basis um, or just a top tier player for them because that's the, that's the kind of players that win you leagues. Um, especially this year, you know, the second second year wide receivers, um, the Deontay Johnsons, like we talked about, Terry, Terry McLaurin, uh, DJ Chark, uh, you know, DK Metcalf, they're all going later. Those guys can help you out. And I don't know, I just I, that's what I'm going for, especially with you know someone like Tariq Cohen late in the PPR leagues. Um, he he's got a real opportunity to be potentially a RB one for the first couple of weeks with Montgomery out. Um, so, yeah, there's, there's a few routes that you can go, but that's yeah. for me, high upside and everything. And uh, you guys talked a bit about quarterbacks and running backs. That's what we're doing today. We are starting our running, our uh, rankings episodes. We are doing our quarterback and running back top 12 today, and we will have for you tomorrow our wide receiver and tight ends. Now, this is all based off of our PPR uh, for running back, wide receiver, tight end, and for quarterback, it's our four-point uh, per passing touchdown just so a, let's let's talk about some news and notes real quick. There isn't too much, but we do have some big news while we're going to be talking about the running backs. Uh, Leonard Fournette, as we know, was cut by Tampa Bay very – or I'm sorry, by Jacksonville, surprisingly. And as I spoil that, we probably all know he did sign in Tampa Bay. So it's Tom like an hour Brady – An hour ago. Yeah, an <laughs> hour ago. What is it, like 10.30 p.m. right now? Yeah. So – Tom Brady has a running back we don't have to worry about anymore. It's not questioning is it going to be Ronald Jones, is it going to be Keyshawn Vaughn. They bring in LaShawn McCoy. It's, it sounds like it's probably going to be Leonard Fournette show, do you think? Absolutely. I mean, they, they already said they're not – I mean, it's already clear they're not liking what they see out of Vaughn. Uh, McCoy's on his last legs. 
Ronald Jones is hurt, it, it, he's going to have a clear path to a full workload there, at least in my opinion. I mean, it's it, – and talent-wise, there's there's nobody else there I think that can beat him. I mean, Ronald Jones I don't think is – Ronald Jones is good. I, don't, I mean, don't get me wrong, but, you know, being hurt two weeks before the season and then adding Leonard Fournette, it's going to be tough for Ronald Jones to, to take that spot back. Yeah, I, it's for that show. I mean, it, it's there's no way that McCoy's even going to be on that team. They're going to cut him. Um, when it comes to a rookie, Vaughn, if you're in Dynasty League, I try to see see what the person's asking for him that has him. Um, maybe you can get a, get him cheap. I mean, he's still a rookie running back that you could stack on the taxi squad or a or a practice squad, whatever you call it. Um, try to do that, but I mean, with Fernat, I don't know about you guys, but I had him at 16 in my rankings before our drafts, and then when he was cut on – was he was it Monday that he was cut? Monday yeah. after our draft, because I, I drafted him in one of my leagues, and I panicked. I'm like, what the heck? He's my he's my second running back, um, fourth-round pick. Then I had him going down to 40. I, I'm thinking of putting him back up in the top 15 in my rankings for this one, but we'll, we'll talk about that um, a little bit down, down this episode. Uh, but I, I think – I think Tom Brady's going to love Fournette, especially, you know, Brady loves his running backs. And Fournette, I think he is very undervalued when it comes to um, the receiving game. Yeah, he really is. I don't know where to put him right now. I mean, like you said, this just happened an hour ago. We kind of already had our stuff ready to go. So I haven't really adjusted much just yet. I didn't move him in my rankings. He was, he was uh, 16th for me. Uh, I'm sorry. After the trade. After, yeah, uh, yeah. I I'm left him. I left him even when he was cut because I just I didn't know where he'd end up. I wasn't sure if he'd be a timeshare or still could be a timeshare. But you guys kind of said it. You know, Vaughn will be put backwards. McCoy will be cut. I wonder though what'll happen to Ronald Jones. I'm really curious to see if this is a one-year deal. I'm sure it will be. Um, but if it is a one-year deal, my one concern is the offense he has to learn. And it, Bruce Aaron's offense was never – it's never traditionally known to be an easy offense to understand. Obviously, the running back position is one of the easiest to transition to a new offense, uh, you know, too. But I still am just wondering how the first couple of games are going to be and, and how that whole offense is going to look as a whole. So I wanted to talk about him just for a little bit there because, like I just mentioned, he's not going to be talked about later in our rankings um, because we just haven't adjusted yet. So if there's any more, any more one one more point you want to have there on Fournette? Yeah, I probably won't start him the first couple of weeks, honestly. And I, I, you just don't know where you're going to get out of him. And I, you can't take that that chance where he doesn't get any playing time. I mean, um, I yeah. think we'll know. I, th- I think Arians will, will yeah. give us a good indication of whether or not – and the practices over the next two weeks. We'll get we'll get a good I feel, think, I think. That is before kickoff for them. I, don't, I mean, I might – you're not going to take at least a one week – Without starting them, if you have them, it depends. I mean, I want to see how the practice goes this week and next week. Um, you find a panel, you getting in? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we'll hear reports from it, and you know, see, yeah. see uh, who's getting the uh, bulk of the uh, yeah. first team touches. So, yeah. I mean, if he's if he's in camp already next week, getting the bulk of the first team touches, then I I have no worries playing him. Well, one question I got for you: How happy is that he's staying in the state of Florida? Oh, he's oh, I know. Yeah, he doesn't have to go that far. He doesn't have to go anywhere. Yeah. He 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 moved what three hours away, and yeah. he goes from last place to possibly, you know, Super championship. Bowl. Super Bowl contender. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, 
So yeah, that, that's Leonard Fournette. And um, he still might get his four million from the Jags. Yeah, well, oh, get about. Like, he's, he's having a good, he's having a good time. Yeah, just found a grievance. They're yeah. found a grievance against him. He wants to get the money back, of course. You know, yeah. millionaire problems. But uh, so let's just catch up on some news that happened. Uh, we mentioned Joe Mixon potentially had some migraines and a contract holdout dispute on our last show. And, you know, come to find out that that was what actually was going on. A little bit of a contract issue. They took care Man, of that. That money, that money sure yeah. solved, those, solved those migraine issues. <laughs> <laughs> Money's flying. Hey, hey medical, medical expenses are not cheap. <laughs> so Joe Mixon gets a four-year, uh, $48 million extension. Uh, he gets uh, – he'll be there now through 2025 – so that's that's locking up that that offense for a bit, and uh, you know what? Well, rightfully so. Mixon's Mixon's a great running back. Um, he does a lot of things well, and I think now he doesn't have to worry uh, about if he's getting his, and and he's going to keep moving on. So what was that guarantee? Twenty or? There's a lot more guaranteed than yeah, yours. A lot more than there right now. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, another another contract dispute problem. Kamara, Elvin Kamara for the New Orleans Saints. There was potential that uh, he was sitting out. Well, he was sitting out, actually, and potential for some more issues. It seems like they got their stuff together, had a conversation today. He's back. I have a feeling that uh, might mean some contract news are becoming for him. Uh, the Lions extended Taylor Decker and now are looking to work on Kelly Galladay extension. They want to keep him there for the long term. Do you blame uh, him? What would you say? you blame him? No, not at all. He's another great wide receiver um, that we'll talk about. <clears throat> But that's uh that's all I'm gonna talk about for news and notes. I, news and notes. Um, excuse me. I kind of I just want to dive right in now. Let's get to the rankings. Here is our quarterback rankings. So we're gonna start with our consensus, and then what we'll do is uh, we're gonna talk about where the differences may be, who who's who's up, who's down. Um, number one, Lamar Jackson. That's our consensus. Uh, probably not a surprise. I'm sure a lot of you know who the top two is gonna be. Uh, but yeah, Eric and Keenan have Lamar one. I have Lamar two, um, and the other, you know, interchangeable being Patrick Mahomes. I, I don't think we're going to argue here much of a difference. Um, do either of you have a point you want to say? I think we kind of know a lot about what Lamar does, but why don't you tell me maybe why he should be over, over Mahomes this year? Well, I mean, we're talking about four points for passing touchdown, right? On these? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Correct. Uh, four points for passing touchdown. And you're talking about six rushing, right? Yeah, six six yeah. touchdowns for the rushing. So obviously, two points difference for that touchdown can be I think, almost. I think that's a, I think that's the difference right there. Honestly, is is the points of touch. Obviously, Lamar's going to have more rush more rushing than Mahomes most likely, um, and Mahomes probably will have more throwing touchdowns. But together, I think they'll have about about the same amount of touchdowns. Um, so I think that's the big difference for me. Um, other than that, I, I mean, it's like splitting hairs with them. I, I know I've said in the past that Lamar Jackson might not, might not be who everyone thinks he is, but, you know, that's probably me just trying to get a reaction out of people. But, um, yeah, I think you're splitting hairs between these two guys, and I think if you, if you end up with either of them, you're probably, you're probably happy with that. Yeah, I mean, the, the difference for me, um, it's kind of, I, I kind of I mean, the opposite of you is I actually think – you know, Lamar already proved he can score more touchdowns than Mahomes. And I know Mahomes got hurt, but even if you look at a 16-game pace, Lamar still had more throwing touchdowns. And then you add the rushing on top of that. I mean, it just puts him over the top for me. Um, yeah. But, again, I'm I'm happy with either of them. 
Yeah, again, it's it's interchangeable. I'm going to just put my two cents for Patrick Mahomes, though. He's going to have that 50-touchdown, 5,000-yard ability every year. We saw last year he was on pace uh, to be you know, potentially better in the yards uh, than he was in 2018. Uh, his touchdown percentage was down. Tyreek Hill had some injuries. I, I think that uh, he's going to go right back to finishing his quarterback one. Uh, him and Lamar will be competing for years to come. It's going to be it's going to be fun to watch, but I don't think there's a wrong answer here, except it's Mahomes. So our uh, third quarterback consensus is Dak Prescott. For me, he is at five, uh, and then Eric and Keenan both have him at three. So I'm a little. I mean, we're Why not going to call Dak Prescott. Yeah, that, yeah, that's that's a fun thing with this list, right? It seems like we're hating when really we're just these these like we said, splitting hairs between some of these guys. Uh, you know, Dak Prescott finished finished fantastic last year, uh, did really well, had a breakout season, and now they bring in new off, um, excuse me, new head coach and Mike McCarthy. They bring in some uh, more weapons with C.D. Lamb. Obviously, on paper, this offense looks amazing. I'm sure it's going to run really well and, and do good things. But the thing with Dak Prescott here is you want, you need that elite efficiency that he he's put up last year. Uh, the high touchdown rate, the high yards per attempt. Now he's used to a high yards per attempt, but I don't know if, if, if he's looking at seeing, you know, 35 touchdowns and close to 5,000 yards. Uh, for me, that's going to be a little tough. I think his rushing is definitely going to come down as it's been. So, I mean, we're, we're splitting hairs here, like we've said, but for me, I just think he's going to attempt the ball a little less. Dallas is going to win some more games and they're going to be, they're going to be running it uh, uh, a little bit as well. Yeah. I mean, I think he, he had a really good year last year. I mean, if it wasn't for Mahomes and Lamar, I think we'd be talking, talking about how well he played last year. He was quarterback two fancy wise last year. Um, he ended up with 30 touchdowns was fourth most uh, four. He was second most in, in passing yards, deep ball uh, completion percentage. He was second, so I think he had a he had a pretty good year last year. Um, and not to mention, they added another weapon for him in the, in the off season in the draft with uh, drafting CD Lamb. So now you have Gallup, CD Lamb, Amari, Elliott in the backfield. That offense, I mean, and that new and they also have a new coaching staff too. I think I think the offense is ready to explode. Yeah. Yeah, uh, he's going to do well. Um, he's going to continue to do well. Everybody on this uh, top five, top six have that potential to be that, you know, third spot, maybe even fight for second. Um, I don't know if anybody but Lamar and Mahomes bearing any issues. That's a mention. It's a contract year. Well, I, I who knows what I, it is. could be a franchise tag year. Yeah. <laughs> I think Dak could legitimately push for having the most touchdowns in the league, uh, passing touchdowns. Um I just, you know, with the weapons he has there, you know, you know, Amari so Cooper. So let, let's talk about – let me just – let's just have a little sidebar then on, on that, just just real okay. quick with Dak. Because, like I said, I, I don't know about that because last season he only had seven games over 40 attempts. And that, that puts you on pace for about 600, 640 attempts. That's that's pretty high uh, for, for the league rate, which will get you up there. He's only had 596 last year, which was already 70 more than he had as a career high. I don't know if they're going to make that massive leap of 50 more attempts. That's what worries me when it comes to Dak, when you have someone like Watson and Russell Wilson who seem to be running more or being able to pass more and do more things and or not pass more, sorry, but you know, they seem very electric and consistent. 
that just scares me. Yeah, I just I guess for me it's more as I just I believe in this wide receiving core and I believe they're going to be absolutely dominant close to what the Broncos were. The Broncos wide receiving core was back in what 2013-2014. Um not saying Dak Prescott's going to be Peyton Manning and throw 55 touchdowns, but I'm saying these three wide receivers are just going to dominate defenses like like it's going to be just amazing to watch, I think. I, I mean, I guess it's more so because of how high I am on CeeDee Lamb and um, how great of a wide receiver I think he's going to be. But you know, I'm not worried about efficiency or anything like that. And I, I just think, I don't know, I just believe – I'm not saying he's going to lead the league in touchdowns, but I do believe he can push to get there. You're right. If someone's going to push for number one, I think he's got that highest ceiling potential. But for me, I just – I'm not seeing it. I hope I'm wrong. That'd be, that'd be fun. Um Number four, Russell Wilson. Uh, I, he's our, you know, like I said, consensus four. Uh, I have him at three. You two have him at five. Uh, Mr. Unlimited hopefully gets to be unlimited with that offense and do whatever he wants. But, you know, Pete Carroll still keeps mentioning that we're going to run that ball. Uh, so I don't know what we're going to see from him. But do you think that Russell Wilson is somebody that can be that quarterback one overall? Until until they commit to Russell Wilson being more of a passer, no. It's yeah, just, but I've never listened to Pete Carroll. I mean, he he's he's yet to do I mean, it, Antonio. I mean, I think he's shown that he wants to run the ball, though. Yeah, it's not, you know, it's not a secret. He does. He just says a lot but, of things. I mean, just as far as coach speaking. He, listen, Carroll. he's more. He's probably one of the only remaining besides Belichick, I guess, but dinosaurs in the league, coaching dinosaurs, where where he has that '90s. Like mentality where running wins you games. The only time I seen him, you know, actually throw the ball or to pick a running play or a throwing play over a running play was against the Patriots when they had it at second and and one on the goal line in the Super Bowl, and he put in Russell Wilson's hands and Third it cost him the Super Bowl. Um, where you know where he should have ran the ball that time, but as years have gone by, every year I'm I'm here. I'm like, oh, they're gonna they're gonna give Wilson the ball more. They're gonna make him throw the ball more. Oh, they drafted DK Metcalf. They got Lockett. You know, they're going to – this offense can be explosive. Hasn't happened yet. And that's why I don't have them above Prescott, and I want to have them above Prescott. But that's the only reason. Until it happens, I'm sorry, I can't I can't trust Pete Carroll. Yeah, I hear you there. And, and I, I don't blame you at all because, you know, looking at all the numbers, it does make you feel that way because three years ago, and even, you know, five, six years ago when they had that long run, but it ended about three years ago where he was throwing the ball over 500 times and rushing the ball almost a hundred times. He hasn't ran it, you know, in the last four years, he's only ran it over uh, 75 times one time. I mean, and he hasn't even thrown the ball over 500 yards and, or more than 516 yards the last two years. Like he just, it's just not happening for them. And they're not, they're not doing so well what Seattle wants as far as the conference championship and then the Super Bowl. Like I just don't get it, but, that's why this year I'm feeling it. I, I think that he's just going to go wild. So great points, Keenan. Great points there. Um, Eric, I know you got a lot of the same feelings, but I want you to talk to us about our number five consensus quarterback, Deshaun Watson, because you have him down at eight. Oh, boy. Yeah. Somebody, are you, are you hate, is it, is it so much of the DeAndre Hopkins uh, not being their problem or? Did you just did you think Hopkins made Deshaun Watson? What's going on? Um, I just think it's kind of a mix of 
everything almost. I mean, you can't just lose a wide receiver like that and just expect him to be exactly what he was before. Um, I know you added Brandon Cooks, and I am a fan of Brandon Cooks, um, but I'm not as high on Will Fuller as everyone else is. And on top of that, Will Fuller also has, you know, doesn't stay healthy at all. And, you know, Brandon Cooks has the, you know, the uh, concussion issues, and it's just, what is this team going to be? Is, I, I don't know. I don't know what they're doing over there. I don't know what their plan is. I'm just, it just and, and on top of that, for me, it's, you know, now I have Kyler Murray up there. Um, we got Josh Allen ab- above him. So, I mean, I just, I just like those guys a little bit more than him. Um, it's still, for me, splitting hairs at that point with them. But it's just, for me, I, f- I feel safer with those guys. Um, and then that's where I'm at with it. I'm not worried about him. Like, I mean, he's still number eight for me, you know, but, but yeah, I had, I had to bump him down. Yeah. I, I, you know, I have him at five on my list. Um, now, you know, Eric makes a really, some really good points there. And I kind of was hoping I had him a little lower um, just because the Hopkins thing. I mean, he left, I'm looking at his numbers right now. He had 26 uh, passing touchdowns last year. That was eighth in the league. And he also had a little under 4,000 uh, passing, um, passing yards. So that, that was 13th in the league. I'm expecting those numbers to go down a little bit without Hopkins or, or am I not? I, I, I just don't know what I'm going to get out of this offense. Just like Eric, I, you know, when you lose, when a quarterback loses, you know, a player like DeAndre Hopkins, I don't see that, you know, helping them in any way. I see them hurting them more. So, you know, Eric makes some good points, but you know, splitting hairs again, you know, it's Deshaun Watson. He'll make up with it with his rushing ability. And I guess we'll see. Well, that's exactly what you said at the end there. He's going to help make up for with his rushing ability. And I know that, yes, he lost, he lost DeAndre Hopkins, but Hopkins proved he was great with, you know, the worst quarterback. So it's, it's how did he improve everybody else around him? And, and like, you know, Will Will Fuller, when he was healthy, I mean, he had the best game last season of any player, any fantasy player. Deshaun Watson was the person that was getting in the ball, right? And now he gets Brandon Cooks coming over. Uh, you have Will Fuller hopefully being able to stay healthy. Randall Cobb. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you, they're working on a more fast-paced offense, higher tempo. You know, they're not going to be as far downfield as they were, you know, trying to go with DeAndre Hopkins all the time. So I think, like I said, it's going to be quicker. I think it's going to work more in favor of Deshaun Watson. Um, he, I mean, he, he has a very high yards per attempt. It's over eight. So he didn't even throw the ball 500 times last year. If they throw the ball 50 more times, I mean, even 75 more times to get somewhat more towards the league average, you're looking at a 4,500 yard and 30 touchdown, close to 30 touchdown passer. Oh, by the way, who also gets almost 500 yards on the ground and five, six touchdowns. That's where you're going to get that top borderline three quarterback. I don't see them throwing more though, because I think their running game is going to be much better than it was in previous years. So I see them, you know, Carlos Hyde had over a thousand yards last year and over two hundred carries. I don't know why, you know, David Watson or I mean, David Johnson. I think David Johnson can be better than that. So I mean, I, I mean, he could, but the carries are still going to be there. I I think that just exactly what you said. The fact that DeAndre Hopkins is gone, they're going to need to throw the ball more because they're going to be. I'm not going to say they're going to be chasing. I think they're going to, you know, do well um, and be able to win some more games than lose. But I think that they're also going to be needing to put up points, and that that's where throwing the ball is going to happen. The only thing that scares me is Hopkins had about 30% of the, of the targets last year, 
where are those targets going to go? Right? Are, are, is there going to be a clear-cut number one, like you said, in Will Fuller, or is this going to go, you know, whoever, whoever's open type of deal? I think that, that Fuller and Cooks are both going to see over 100 targets. Um, then you're going to have the running backs combined. They'll probably have close to 100, if not a little more. Uh, then you split the rest between Cobb, tight ends. Um, I, that's why I think he, he – I have him more – I have him 562 attempts right now. So um, I do have them jumping up, and I, I think that it's – I don't know. I think it's a Deshaun Watson show, just like hopefully they'll do with Russell Wilson. I think that's what Deshaun Watson is going to do. Um, but let's uh, let's move on now to number six, who is Kyler Murray. Uh, Kyler Murray, I know that may seem a little high for a second-year quarterback, but, I mean, the guy showed us that he's got a lot of talent. Uh, and, you know, Cliff Kingsbury seems to have an offense that uh, that's been doing that was able to click. Uh, you know, the first half of the season wasn't so well, but the second half is really what what we were what we were looking at here with Arizona. And Kyler Murray upped his touchdown percentage over two percent. I mean, he had over two hundred ninety attempts and only seven touchdowns in his first eight games, compared to two hundred fifty attempts in his last eight games with thirteen touchdowns. So you really saw that offense kind of working together. Um, that's why. I'm more of the reason that we – well, I wouldn't say more of the reason. I have him seventh, and, you know, Keenan's also got him sixth. But uh, – oh, Eric, you have him fourth. I didn't realize. I don't know how I didn't realize you had him up so high. So, lies to me. I'm the worst on Kyler Murray. Maybe I should move him up. So, Eric, convince me some more. Well, yeah, I mean, I guess almost kind of the opposite of Deshaun Watson um, is he's adding DeAndre Hopkins. Um, another year with Christian Kirk. Um, you know, they got Kenyon Drake there now in the backfield who's <clears throat> who was looking very good down the stretch last year. Um, it's just going to be a much better offense, and he's still going to add that rushing uh, ability to it. And, uh, you know, I, I think he's going to, you know, comparing him to Deshaun Watson, for example, <clears throat> I think he'll have more touchdowns than him um, and potentially around the same rushing stats. So, I mean, that that's where I can have him above him there. And, you know, I just – I think there's more upside in that offense. Yeah. Um, and, and yeah, so that's why I got him up there. I hear you there. I like that. That's, uh, yeah, I think you're right. I think I might be a little too low, but I don't know. I got a lot of love. I got a lot of love going around and, and speaking a lot of love going around. Number he's seven. My, he's my, uh, one of my MVP, uh, um, bets that he's going to win MVP this year. Oh, Kyler Murray. Yeah. Ooh, I like that. I like that because I was actually – that's funny you mentioned. My person I have up for MVP in the quarterback realm, our number seven consensus, that's Matt Ryan. Well, why and, don't you talk about him? Well, I was actually keen. I was going to tell you to talk about him first. Uh, go ahead. Go ahead. I know you want to – I don't want to say. Mean, there's, there's not much to say about Matt Ryan. I mean, I think, that, no. I think I think Atlanta had a very bad year last year just – in general, the whole team did. I mean, they started off so poorly, and then the second half of the season, it looked like it, it was it was the Atlanta Falcons that we saw go to the Super Bowl uh, the one year against New England. Um, I mean, what can you say? You got Julio Jones. You have you added um, Todd Gurley, who hopefully, if he's healthy, he he's going to produce help produce you know rushing and receiving. That it's obviously going to help Matt Ryan, and I think it's going to take a little bit of pressure off Matt Ryan. I think. There was, I saw a stat not too long ago that Atlanta was like the least um, – they had the least rushing attempts in the league for the last, you know, however many years. I believe it's the last three years. Yeah, and it's, I think that, that puts a lot of pressure on, on an offense 
and and yeah, it, sorry, I, I lost connection for a second, but um, it puts a lot of pressure on an offense and a quarterback. Um, so I mean, if you get that running, that rushing game, running game going, I think that's going to help Matt Ryan a lot. And another thing I want to mention, I know you you have been talking about this guy since he was drafted, Calvin Ridley's. I think all three of us have agreed that he's going to have a great year, maybe become their wide receiver one there. Having two options like Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley, I just don't, I don't, I, I can't, I, I can't see that he, Matt Ryan doesn't end up in the top 10 at least in fantasy. Yeah, it's going to be a, another great year. It's that leap year. Um, and, you know, it's, it, you're going to have a healthy Julio, a healthy Calvin Ridley, hopefully a healthy offensive line, a much better run game. Um, they swapped out, uh, Austin Hooper with Hayden Hurst, which you know, you know, they'll take a little bit of a hit there, but I don't think it's going to be too bad. Hayden Hurst is still a very good player. Now that you mentioned Leap Year, I actually have his uh, fantasy finishes pulled up right here, Eric. 2000, yes. 2015, quarterback 19. 2016, quarterback 2. 2017, quarterback 15. 18, quarterback 2. 2019, quarterback 11. And 2020, probably quarterback 7, like we have it. <laughs> <laughs> it probably will be and uh, yeah you guys you guys said it all um if, if you have julio and calvin ridley that can potentially get you 2500 yards and 20 touchdowns together i don't know why you can't see another 2000 yards and 12 touchdowns to 15 coming from his other uh other wide receivers and running backs so um and then you got hayden Hurst coming in there so there's a lot for matt ryan in that offense they clicked they were six and two um the last eight games of the season so a lot to look forward to for them. All right, our number eight consensus quarterback, Josh Allen, uh, very polarizing player this offseason. Uh, he's been on a lot of uh, breakout lists and a lot of bust lists. So we got him here, uh, like I said, right here at eight, um, above Tom Brady and right after Matt Ryan, as we just discussed. Eric, why don't you talk about Josh Allen and maybe where you see – I mean, obviously, we all have him uh, as an ascending player, uh, we've, as we've talked about during the offseason. But let's talk a little bit more about uh, reasons why. Uh, yeah. Um, you know, obviously, with the addition of Stefan Diggs, uh, I think adding Zach Moss also is going to be a big help to him. Um, it's just, you know, it, that, that whole offense as a whole just has another year. Um, of, they built up a year of chemistry last year. You know, Cole Beasley and John Brown, Dawson Knox. Um, it's just they're, they're going to run much better. Um, you're looking at, at practice and training camp, his deep ball is looking real good now. Um, and I think he's just going to take that next step. Um, you know, if you look at last year, if, you know, five or six of those deep balls hit, you know, he has an even, even better year than he had. And, and on top of that, he has that rushing ability. And he, you know, he can get seven, eight, nine rushing touchdowns for you. And, I mean, he. I, although I do think that might come down a little bit this year, <clears throat> you know, with the addition of Zach Moss and, you know, uh, Singletary there. Um, but I do think his passing touchdowns go up. So, um, you know, he'll make up for it there. Um, but, yeah, I think he's going to have a great year. He's my other MVP uh, bat at the casino. I think, I think he's going to have a pretty good year. Well, let me just – just to talk to any – let me just throw a stat that I'm sure all the people have seen already this year, but I want, I want to put it out there anyway because, you know, maybe not. But after week nine, 
You know, actually, we'll just we'll go after week five. He only threw two interceptions for the rest of the season. You know, for all of the issues that they talk about and the inaccuracies and and the not no progressions with Josh Allen, that's pretty darn good. Especially when you throw in that he had 15 passing touchdowns and six rushing touchdowns. So he had a 21 to two. Well. I think we should throw him some fumbles that he may have lost, which actually was only two. So 21 to four touchdown to turnover ratio. That's awesome. I will take that all day, especially from a guy that runs the ball and gets, has a good floor. That's why I like him at eight uh, because he has the ability in that high ceiling to do more. So Can I mention I, something on that. Um, I, I will just know, you know, doing our projections and everything and setting all the players out, you know, a lot of people complain about his 14 fumbles. But there's a lot of quarterbacks you may not realize that have double digit fumbles. And even well, yeah, if it's he, not double digits, it's eight or eight or nine fumbles. Like there's a lot of them that have, you know, a, a good amount of fumbles. Um, and it's just something that, you know, he was knocked for um, because he, he did make, you know, some knucklehead plays that you ready you know, for this? cost us some balls, but Daniel Jones, 18 fumbles, Carson yeah. 16, Josh Allen, 14, uh, Kyle and 13, uh, Minshew 13. Now they aren't fumbles lost, but yes, they are still fumbles. Yeah, they're fumbles. Um, 12, 12 for Watson, 11 for Darnold, 10, and then there's a bunch for 10. Watson has 10. I mean, it's just ridiculous. It is, but you know, he had 13 turnovers, like we just said, 13 turnovers all season, and nine of them were in the first five games. So I think there's a lot of progress coming for them. Uh, you know, they, they battled New England the last couple of years uh, who kind of stopped them from getting over that hump, and then they were kind of able to. Now that Tom Brady's gone, they, it's it's Buffalo Bills or bust, baby. I'm sorry, I, speaking of – One more thing for you. One more thing. He's a running quarterback. He's going to fumble the damn ball. It's, it's, it, you're going you're gonna to get fumbles with a running quarterback. It's just, it's just – that's just what it is. And also his inaccuracy, that's a hoax. <laughs> well, yeah, we'll we'll address that. I'm telling you, later. if you look at the highlights from training camp, his deep ball is looking much better this year. That, that is the that, that's like one of the biggest things for me when it comes to him. Yeah, that helps, and they did they were up there and leading the league in drops as well. So I mean, there's a lot of it, if if you add five five or six or even you know potentially even seven you know forty plus yard touchdowns, that's huge. Um, yeah, and then add Stephon Diggs. I mean, yeah, there's just there's a lot of positives, but. Um, like I was saying, Keenan, we're talking about Tom Brady leaving the AFCs. He went over to the NFC South, now with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, 42 years old, about to be 43. Is Tom Brady going to be Tom Brady? He's you know, our number nine, sorry, consensus quarterback. He scares me a little bit, not going to lie. Not going to lie, he scares me a little bit. I don't want to draft him. I know we have him up high at nine, but um, just because of his age – it's eventually gonna. He's eventually gonna hit a hit a wall. He's forty three years old. Is this guy gonna just eventually go away? <laughs> but I mean, don't, the reason we got him high, I don't think we would have him as high as we do if he was still in New England. This yeah. offense that Tampa has in Godwin, Evans, Leonard Fournette, who just signed there. Um, they have Gronk. They have OJ Howard. They have you know a couple other options at running back that we mentioned earlier in the show. That's the reason. I think that's the reason why we mainly have him at as high as, as he is. If he was still in New England with Julian, Julian Edelman being his number one, and and that's about it that we would care about on the offensive side of ball for New England. I don't think we'd have him in the top fifteen. I really don't. 
actually took him. Actually took him uh, in a draft this weekend. And... You did that. You did that to make Wayne Bloom mad, and we know it. <laughs> no, I mean, I he 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 could have a great year. I'm I am not worried about him as long as they can protect him. You know, the second you know he with his 43 year old body, the second he takes a hit, it might be bad. Um, if they can, if they can, you know, keep him protected and make sure he's not getting hit much. I'm, I'm not worried about him. I think at least this year, maybe next year, he'll be, he'll be the same Tom Brady as he was, you know, the past couple of years. We worried about him hit, learning a whole new offense, and and not not just him. No, like, because look at the, like the weapons whole, he has. It's but I know, Tom Brady. But I feel like it, the whole when when you when you it's not just him learning a whole offense. It's the whole offense learning that offense. Now they got to learn the protection and the communication between the offense alignment and, and him, there's going to be, there's going to be times where it just, there, the communication just is not going to be there. And yeah, but it's, it's you just said, you know, you said it, they have to it's just, them. it's Tom Brady. And I think he's going to, he's going to, they're going to work through that and they're going to figure that out. And I just, I don't think it, like I said, as long as they keep him upright, keep him standing, I don't think he fails with these weapons. And, he, you know, they have Gronk there, too. Not that I think Gronk is going to be playing a huge role, um, but I think they're going to have Gronk out there in important plays, and that's going to help him, too. And, you know, I think I think he's going to figure it out. It's, it's going to be hard for him to fail with these weapons. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying he's going to fail, but – I don't be surprised if he, if he does, if it, if it's a positive yeah. for him. So. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's skeptical, right? The skepticism is, is the best thing to do when all the odds are pointing that it's good, you know, negative things like uh, Tom Brady being 42, going to a new offense, going to an offense that throws a lot. He has an older arm, you know, what's everything going to look like? It, it makes sense to be afraid, but then at the same point, you look at it and it's like, well, Peyton Manning went over to Denver and everything was great. Yeah, was he a little bit younger? He was. But had it not been for the injury, what would have happened over there, right? You know, so I think it's kind of like what you guys are all saying. So uh, that's that's all I want to echo. I think uh, Tom Brady is also someone that has the ability for 40 touchdowns, right? I think that doesn't sound too crazy. He's, he's done it a few times. Um, and, and with these kind of players, it's it's definitely possible. So let's round it out. We got a uh, ten, eleven, and twelve here. He's done it and, six times. Sorry, he's done it six times. Yeah, six, six times. So a little more than a few. Uh, and one was a forty-nine touchdown year. And one was fifty-one. No, was that the Randy Moss? No, I think that's forty. I think forty-nine. Oh, was it under, was it under four? Oh yeah, Manning was the first fifty. So, uh, like I said, 10, 11, and twelve. We got Drew Brees. We got Jared Goff. We got Carson Wentz. Drew Brees. We know Drew Brees. We know what he's got. Brings in Emmanuel Sanders. Uh, I think he's tried and true. They don't pass the ball like they used to. And, but... Kamara, and Kamara's back at practice. Oh, yeah, and, and Kamara's back, obviously. Yeah. So that would be fine. Carson Wentz, uh, he, he's got, as we say, what injuries aren't happening, whether it's to Carson Wentz or whether it's to his surrounding cast, uh, that – that's no change right now. Carson Wentz currently dealing with it with another back issue. Uh, his wide receiver core completely depleted. They've got, you know, rookie Jalen Rager potentially is their wide receiver one, but number 11, Jared Goff. We've talked a lot about the Rams. I wanted to talk about him out of these three, the most, just a little bit more. Uh, we have him a bit higher than most places do. Like we said, at our number 11, a lot of them have him around 15, 16, 17, 
Eric, why should we why should we be getting on golf, man? Why why are we higher than most and, and why are we rightfully so higher than most? I think it's just because you have to be. If you look at what they were doing in the in the end of the year last year after they switched over to twelve personnel, which they plan to run this year, they already said so. Um, it, it they were they they were averaging the most points per game in the league. This this offense is going to be scoring points. It's going to be be pushing down the field. It's it's going to be hard to stop. They have so many weapons, and you know the defense just doesn't know who they're going to go to when. And it's you know they're it's going to be more of what they were doing towards the end of last year, I believe. You know, McVeigh had an entire off season, off season to perfect this offense, um, whereas last year we only saw five games of it. So. Yeah, I think it's going to be a scary offense, and, and Goff's going to return back to what he was doing a couple of years ago. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that you hit a nail on the head there. I think Keenan's a little bit when there's – Keenan's got some skepticism, I guess, on, on Jared Goff. We were all, again, we're all high on golf, but he's just a little bit of the lower one, um, having him by 13th, I believe, Keenan, right? Yeah, I I don't know. I really don't know with him. <laughs> I, we talked about, you know, this whole new offense that, that the Rams are trying to install the, and they just lost Todd Gurley. That's, that's going to hurt. Obviously. I just don't know. I really don't know. I, I want to, I, I want to hope that he, he's back to the, his Super Bowl um, year that he had two years ago. And last year was just a hangover, but I just don't want to, I, I got nothing negative or positive to say on Jared Goff right now. I, he, he, I think he, I don't know. I, what do you got, Anthony? I really, <laughs> let me, let me just close with a little bit of positivity yeah. that should make you feel better. Like I said, he's currently going, at least when I'm looking on fantasy pros as, as quarterback 18, his three years with McVay, he's finished no worse than quarterback 13. He's had 4,600 yards back to back seasons. The issue last year was his touchdown rate. It was, it was 2% lower than normal. And if you get that back up to his career, he would have had 32 touchdowns. Now, another thing last year in six point, which I never talking about four point, but he finished as a quarterback 13. I believe he was quarterback 15 in, in four point, but he had four games last year with a combined score of 14.44 points. That was between San Francisco, Pittsburgh, Chicago, and Baltimore. Now, I'm not asking to omit those games, but not many quarterbacks are going to get over 14 and a half points in four games like that. So if you did, though, remove those, he would have had quarterback six numbers. He would have had over 20 points a game, and I think that's where he's going to get back to. Like I said, he was number seven in 2018. I think Goff is a top 10 quarterback again this year. It's kind of why I wanted to mention him out of those three because we know what Brees brings to the table. We know what Wentz brings to the table. Goff's kind of been an up and down, and, and, and I think it's just been because more so of the touchdowns, like I said. So those should go back up. That's our top 12. I guess, I guess when it comes to Goff and our top 12, I'd rather have Aaron Rodgers. I guess that's where, that's where it comes down to me. We don't have Aaron Rodgers in our top 12 with our consensus. He's 13th, so nope, I don't blame you there. He's very similar with, uh, with, Car- I'm sorry, with Jared Goff, where the touchdowns were low. He just had he's had a very low touchdown rate the last couple of years, but he's got the highest touchdown rate uh, in NFL history at six percent. So we'll see what he can bring back. Um, but unfortunately, it's not a top thirteen. Yeah. Before, so, we on, before we move on, I just want to give an update uh, to um, 
our buddy Eric here. Uh, your Rockets are up by five in the fourth quarter in game seven. That's right. Let's go. There you go. All right. I might be uh, a little preoccupied for the next little bit. <laughs> well, that's going to at least end up the quarterbacks. We're going to shift over to our running backs now. These are probably going to be you might as well fun just, to do. You might, as well, you might as well just skip to five. <laughs> yeah, that's that's where I'm kind of wondering. Like, you know, these, these will be fun to talk about, but probably as we get a little bit more in the middle because our first couple three and our last couple three kind of coincide together. So there isn't too much, but I want to just mention them first. We got Christian McCaffrey at number one. I'm, I'm not even going to argue with that. Uh, Keenan hates McCaffrey. He could talk about that later. I do not hate McCaffrey. <laughs> Saquon, Saquon Barkley is number two. Zeke Elliott, number three. Elvin Kamara, number four. Like I said, PPR rankings. Um, I think Saquon and Zeke and Kamara, those three can all go at number two. Um, all three of us kind of agree with that. They have their own reasons, uh, rhyming reasons of why, but um, all are great. So we're not going to blame you for any of those picks. I guess, uh, I guess I'm going to have to take over here because you, you do realize where I have Kamara, right? I was actually just scrolling down, and I was I wanted to backtrack on that, but I wanted to ask you while I was looking at that, Eric, in the PPR draft, when would you take – would Michael Thomas go before Elvin Kamara for you? Uh, no, but – so for me – I mean, you only have him at five. I guess I should mention that. Yeah, so yeah I, got, I have Kamara at five. I have Clyde Edwards-Alaire at four. Um, I did have Kamara – at four, um, it's more so. It's more so because a few things. Um, first of all, Clyde Edwards-Helaire. You're already seeing reports out of there. The coach is saying he, you know, he's already primed to have a, a big year there. Um, he has absolutely nobody behind him. Um, he's the guy there, and and I'm not worried at all about him. And then you add in, you know, the issues with the the, the Kamara contract situations. Um, he has Latavius there who could vulture some touchdowns from him. Um, I, 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 like it's splitting hairs with them. You know, I still think they're both going to have fantastic years, but you know, if, if news comes out tomorrow that Kamara signs a long-term deal, you know, I might move him back up to four. Um, so it's just but, a contract issue with you and not knowing. Well, it. yeah, especially with, you know, the new, uh, CBA or whatever, you know, they, I believe it's, they only need to what? They can play six games, is it? And then they can hold out or Yeah, if you play six games you, you get your you get your status to move on to be able to be a free agent instead of having to re redo your season under that. Yeah. So if he's kinda of similar with Delvin Cook, which worries me which why I don't have Delvin Cook higher than I do, which we'll talk about later, is what happens after they play six games and don't have a, a long term contract. Um and that's fun. where it would be really That's, selfish of them if they just stopped week six. Yeah, like I think. Yeah, but I don't run. put it past them. I mean, players right. like a Melvin and Gordon. He played. He he held out for what six weeks or however long, and then came back. I think he missed like four weeks and then came back because yeah, they didn't want to miss him. But well, both yeah. Cook and Kamara are at training camp right now. Do you are you saying that you see them playing six games and stopping? It's just that they only have to play six games. It's not. It's not necessarily a worry of – I mean, he, he could wait till week 10, Kamara. Yeah, well, he could hold once, out once training camp 1 to stops, 10. Yeah, they, they could just wait out He for has to be games. at training camp right now. It's I mean, don't just, forget how late Le'Veon Bell said he wasn't playing, and then Gordon was pretty late too to, to say, hey, I'm not showing up. And 
you know, I'm just saying I don't want to deal with that headache if I don't have to. And for that reason, I did put Clyde Edward Dallaire over him. But I'm still perfectly happy with Kamara. I have met number five. You know, it's not. Yeah. It's yeah, you're a, digging deep. You're digging deep to differentiate them, which which really means you know that they're both really great players. You know, it's, it's yeah. not much of an issue. And um, you kind of hit a lot on Edwards Alaire, but I'm going to take my turn right here talking about him. He's our number five uh, consensus. And uh, I don't know. I I have been. I was. Let me just let me just start with this one. Right when I was looking at the tape in the off season, I had Edwards Alaire ranked as my number two back. You guys thought I was crazy. I had him up there, and I was just like, ah, I don't know. I'm just, I'm watching the tape. I know the offense is great at LSU, but I, I see something. Then Kansas City does this, right? And they draft him as the first running back and in the first round. I don't know why. I hated the guy. I haven't liked him. I haven't liked him all off season. Since? What'd you say? Yeah, for since, fantasy. Since since the draft. Yeah, I, if he went to Kansas City, and I just have not been able to validate his first round value, his first round pick, and I, and it just, it scares me. But I think it's also because there is so much talent, like we've been talking about at the running back position early. I mean, you know, you're picking, you don't get Ceh. Okay, well then you can get Delvin Cook, you can get Miles Sanders, you can get Joe Mixon. Like, there's so much young talent. Obviously, he's very young, and what, what his coach says, Andy Reid, is salivating, but. I don't know. I think that's really just wise because of the guys that I love ahead of him. And it just scares me to put somebody as unproven as him. Not that it, not that he can't be productive. The thing that I love about him is that he's guaranteed the workload right now. He's guaranteed it. I mean, obviously Kamara is too, but a reason why I've, you know, why I would validate his first round status is because of that. I Um, mean, he could get everything you're hearing out of there. The coaches love him. The other thing, don't forget that Andy Reid has made running backs yeah, be very productive. He's had a running back one almost every single year, I believe. And look at he Hunt made Damian Williams look great. And okay. I mean, look at Hunt. I mean, his rookie season, you know, he, I, I remember that game against New England where, you know, he fumbled on the first play of the game. and uh, Yeah, he did. And he you know what it was? You know what the play was? The play, the, the star was born play is when he had that, like, 50-plus yard touchdown catch. That was it, right there. Yeah, but yeah, it was. It was, yeah, tomorrow, game, it was the yeah. first game. It was yeah. right there. Fumbled, then he came back and scored. Oh, yeah. I remember watching that game. I'm like, I'm like, oh my god, like who is this guy? And but um, Andy Reid's a big a big X factor here for him. I think I think Andy Reid. I mean, look look what he did in Philadelphia with LaShawn McCoy, uh, Brian Westbrook. If you want to go way back. His offense, he is great. He is. And I'm probably gonna slap myself. Used, they definitely have used you know, the running back position. I mean, he's had great quarterbacks too. He has, he had Donovan McNabb. He's had, I mean, I guess he hasn't had that, not Patrick Mahomes level great, but I mean, he's had great quarterbacks and Alex Smith and Donovan McNabb where the offense still finds a way to use the running back position. And it, you know, but Anthony, I, I do, I do understand where you're coming from. Rookie, rookie running back, scary in a redraft league. I, I have the 10th pick this, this coming weekend. And if, and if, Clyde Edwards Hilaire is there in the tenth in the tenth for the tenth pick. I'm taking him and I'm taking him all running back. Oh just, yeah, that would be great. I would just, love that. just to ensure myself, you know, just in case he's not who we think he's going to be. And that that's one thing that I will mention that he that he does scare me a little bit. Being a rookie back, new offense, COVID, not, not no training camp, no. Well, I mean they have a training camp, no off season, um, you know, 
besides Zoom or whatever they were doing. So that's a that's a that's a red flag for me. But I mean, if you can if you could double up and get him, and let's say you know you end up with, I don't know, Austin Eckler, you know, with those two backs, I I think you I think you're looking looking to be in good shape. Yeah, I can. Uh, I appreciate you seeing my side a little bit there. Um, but like I said, I might wind up slapping myself in the face for not grabbing him literally anywhere. I, I haven't done any redraft or in Dynasty, so that might become one of my biggest regrets. You in tried. Life. You tried in Dynasty. Well, I tried. Yeah, I, I, I made some I trades. And, yep. Yeah. I know. I know. Um, but let's 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 slide over here to uh, to Delvin Cook, our number six consensus running back. Uh, I'm the reason he's actually as low at down there at six. I got him as my number nine running back. Uh, Keenan's Keenan's got him as five. Eric's got him as six. So I don't know. I just again, it's it's so much talent up top, and it's the offense kind of scaring me a little bit with Diggs going away. And if they're going to concentrate everything towards Adam Thielen, I feel like Delvin Cook's going to see some some stack boxes. Uh, which is going to cause some issues for him. I have a feeling Alexander Madison is definitely creeping up on him, uh, more like a shadow, if you will, on Delvin Cook. The last report that I saw, it's not as close as we thought it was with uh, Mike Boone there. Is that is that the, is that their third back? That is, yeah. Yeah, I think I think what I saw that you know I think that Madison isn't as good as we thought he was. I guess. Yeah, I saw that about Mike Boone too, but I mean, we saw Mike Boone last year, even though it was limited work, and he just didn't seem very productive. I didn't think Madison was too crazy either, um, but you know the the profile out of college, he did he did look look like he'd be a back that would fit that Vikings offense very well. Um, I don't know what Mike Boone's going to bring either. Maybe Delvin Cook is going to get that full workload, but if he does, then you got to hope he plays all sixteen. And I mean, everybody ahead of him that I have ranked, I just. I guess there's just less concern compared to the offense losing. I mean, it's not, it, it's a run first offense that loses their receivers that help give him pressure. And then on top of that, you know, he's never played a 16 game season. And that's, and that's the thing with him. He, you know, if he would stay healthy, if he does stay healthy, he could be a top five back for sure. Yeah, the, we saw it last year. We saw it last year. And, I mean, you mentioned Diggs leaving. I don't think that's more of a – I don't think that's a negative. I think it's more of a positive for him. I mean, there's 94 targets that this offense needs to find. And with Justin Jefferson not being a clear-cut number two and and having Johnson, I think that's the second – I think that's – Yeah, a, a Yeah, maybe jumping him. We don't even know what this offense is going to be after Adam Thielen. And is Kirk Cousins going to, you know – What's he going to do with the ball? He can't just throw it to Adam Thielen the whole time. Um, but I think Kirk Cousins is a good enough quarterback to make sure there's in stack boxes as well, um, that, which, which is going to help, obviously, Delvin Cook. Where, if you know, obviously, if you know, he had – you know, I'm trying to name a quarterback that's not let's, – let's say Minshew was his quarterback. You you'd might see more stack boxes than you would with, with Cousins as your quarterback. Um, but back to the targets, I mean, Cook – Cooks, not Cooks. Uh, Diggs had 94 targets last year. Someone needs to get those targets. If Justin Jefferson can't win the number two spot, he's obviously not going to get the share that we all expected him to get this year. It's going to be Thielen or or Cooks, in my opinion. 
Yeah, the, those are very valid points. And, I mean, he was the third running back on a per-game basis last season. Like I said, didn't play 16, only played 14. He, he had a great year. I just – that's my worry. If he hits 14 games, he's not bringing – I mean, he still could be a top five running back. He just proved that. Um, but it's just – yeah, I don't know. I know you see that as a negative, as a positive, but I, I keep seeing that as there is not a second wide receiver now to keep that defense honest to say, hey, if we want to blitz from the right or we want to blitz from the left and still double team Adam Thielen or have a linebacker spy, we can do that. Um, but Delvin Cook's a great, very, very talented player, and he can he can get over that hump. So I, I can see both sides, and I think that's going to mean we should move on now to our well, next we'll mention, Let's mention his shoulder injury, too, that he played through last year as well. Uh, that is a that is a valid point. So, that is a valid point. And he did play through, which also ultimately then what the leg injury I think it was that kept him out again. Yeah, he can't stay healthy. It's, I know. It's it's... He cost me a championship last year. Uh, in in my... our big money league, yeah. Dennis Reagan won somehow. And then um, Mike Boone ruined it for everybody. Well, I picked up Mike Boone. I I, I picked him up. I'm like, I'll be fine. Didn't didn't work out as as I thought it would. <laughs> well. Moving on to number seven, Miles Sanders, running back for Philadelphia. My love affair. Go ahead, Antonio. I'll, I'll be back. Give you about a half an hour to talk about him. I, you know, I don't know. I've, I think I've, I think I've, uh, I've said so much this off season. I don't know, but I, I do. I'm going to talk about him though because I want to. Why not? Were you I, nervous I'll... when Leonard Fournette got cut that he might um, go there? No, I actually wasn't. But what I am nervous about is these offensive linemen dropping. I mean, you even though they were and have been one of the best uh, lines in the league, it's tough when you lose your guard, Brandon Brooks. It's tough uh, when Andre Diller just goes down. I mean, Jason Peters gets to go back to left tackle, but does that really help Miles Sanders or does it help Carson Wentz more? Um, I think he's a great running back, super talented, and he's going to be able to – Kind of what we just talked about with Delvin Cook. It might be a positive that they have to lean on Miles Sanders, and I think that's what they're going to do. He only had 52% of the running back touches and still finished as a running back 12 last year. So he was an RB1 and didn't even play the full amount of games. Don't forget Jordan Howard was there for a bit until he got injured, which is what allowed Miles Sanders to, to rise, but not due to talent because he's amazing as is, but he's a rookie. You know, Doug Peterson didn't really want to throw him into the wolves just yet, but you know, he played full seven full games, which put him on pace for over 300 touches, over 1,500 yards, and nine total touchdowns. I mean, I don't know. I just I think he's his snap count was over 80 percent almost every single game the last seven games. He's going to get used a lot. I think he's going to get 60 percent at least of the workload, which puts him in line for like I just said over 300 touches. I don't know. I love the guy. I've got him as my uh, my RB five. Eric, you got anything, Ed? Oh, yeah, much of what he just said. I think he's going to have a great year. He's my RB7. Um, I just I, – I can't put him ahead of Delvin Cook. If, you know, if Delvin plays a full 16, he could push for top three. Um, and I, I don't think – I don't think Sanders can do that in this Peterson offense. Um, but, but again, I still think he's going to have a fantastic year. Um, they're going to have to lean on him a little bit more, especially with that offensive line going down. And, you know, Carson Wentz having these soft tissue injuries, uh, who knows what's happening with that. So, so yeah, I, I have him uh, having a great year. How about um, if he catches this injury bug that the Eagles are having? <laughs> Will you stop? <laughs> it's fine. Let it go. All right. All right, I'm going to talk about Mixon now. Our number eight running back here, um, you know, it's – 
you know, especially getting that contract now, um, that that's that's uh, you know, it kind of just shores things up there. You know, a lot of there's a lot of rumors that are not necessarily rumors, but a lot of people talking on the fantasy Twitter. You know, uh, you know, Fournette could potentially go there. You know, with the you know with the contract situation going on there and everything, but you know that that shored that up there. Um, you know, their offensive line is going to be healthy. Hopefully, they got three really good wide receivers. Um, you know, they're bringing in Joey Burrow, so that that offense as a whole is just going to be much better. Um, and you know, just talent wise, I think Joe Mixon is you know, top five or six running back in the league. And he's, I think he's finally going to be able to show what he's got. I mean, not that he hasn't already, he's had 2000 yard seasons, but I feel like that team as a whole is really holding him back. Um, and now he, he potentially, you know, sky's the limit in that offense. Maybe, maybe not this year fully, which is, is why I, I believe I have him down at like eight or nine. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, on paper, this is this is a great offense and a lot of weapons, and you know it's going to really open things up for him. You know, the downside for Mixon over the years was the lack of um, usage in the passing game that the Cincinnati Bengals um, had for him. I just, I think you're going to see that go up a tad, tad bit. Um, especially, it's just it's just a better team, like you said, Eric. Better offense line, better quarterback, hopefully, and Joe Burrow. Um, you know, Andy, I almost said Andy Reid, um, Green coming back, Boyd, they're going to be able to spread, spread the field up there. He's not going to have any, you know, seven, seven man boxes, as we mentioned for other running backs. So I think drafting him as at RB one status, I think you could just, you could draft him with confidence. And like you said, he just has that, you know, that, that contract that's all squared away. If he stays healthy, I think you're going to see you're going to see Joe Mixon hopefully be a top five back, in my opinion. Yeah, in the last last seven games of the season, he was second in rushing yards. I mean, he, he was he just went crazy that offense, and now they get to use him even more. And I think it's going to be a lot of good things for him. And uh, speaking of getting used a little bit more, we're going to move on to our number nine running back. That's Austin Eckler of the Los Angeles Chargers. He got his money as well this offseason. Uh, after Melvin Gordon left, they are showing uh, Eckler the love with being the, I don't want to call it bell cow, because he's definitely going to be the starter. He's definitely getting touches. I just don't know if we're going to be seeing him as a 300-touch kind of a player. Now, last season, he had 245 touches, so he was pretty close, or 254, I'm sorry. Um, so wow, horrible math, 225. I got to read my handwriting. Um, uh, so I don't know if he's going to get 75 more with that. They got Justin Jackson. They drafted Joshua Kelly, uh, for their running backs. So do I think that he's going to get over hundred targets? Probably not. Uh, they have Tyrod Taylor now instead of Phillip rivers. So I think he's going to see an uptick in attempts, but not necessarily catches, but that still puts him as a top 10 running back for me in PPR because last year he finished as the fourth RB in PPR. See, I disagree with you. I think he's going to have more. I think he's going to have more receptions. The ninety-two, maybe not. I mean, I don't. I don't. don't, It's going to. I don't think it's going to decline more than that. Much, much from ninety-two. I. We all know seventy-one. What's that? I have him for for seventy-one. Yeah. Ooh. That they're not going to throw that. I mean. I mean, we all we know who Tyrod Taylor is. He's Mr. Checkdown. Yeah, he doesn't check down to his running back so as much as 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 much as we think. But he's gonna check down to Austin Eckler. He's you know he's he's a he's a 
he's a great weapon for for a running back. He, he dumped the ball down to Austin Eckler. He he could take it 20, 30 yards down the field. And I think I think that offense. I mean, with Mike Williams being hurt now, who knows when he's coming back? And Keenan Keenan Allen, you know, he's still there, obviously. But I think they're going to use him, use him a little bit more than you think, Anthony. And that's fine. But my issue with it is that Philip Rivers threw the ball almost 600 times last year. So Eckler saw 20% of the targets. I dropped him down to 71 catches on 90 targets. I don't know how much Tyrod is going to throw the ball, but the man's never thrown it more than 430 times in his career. 436, sorry. So what's to say they're coming in and throwing it near 600 times with Tyrod? If they throw it 500 times and Eckler gets you know, 20%, I mean, that's 100 targets. I, I still don't know if he's going to get 20%. That's my only problem. And then, But obviously, like I said, his, his, his work in the rushing is going to go up, but his efficiency is very high uh, for the wide, wide, receiver, wide receiving game too because him and Christian McCaffrey – or I'm sorry, no, him and Miles Sanders were the only two because they were ahead of Christian McCaffrey. Him and Miles Sanders were the only two running backs with more than 50 catches and over 10 yards per catch. So very talented, very talented yeah. player. I'm not really worried about him because he still did he still did great when Melvin Gordon came back, and I don't see Justin Jackson or Joshua Kelly taking on the kind of work that Melvin Gordon had. Um, so I actually think uh, uh, I actually think Austin Eckler's workload uh, definitely increases. Yeah, yeah. I'm, well, that's why I'm the low guy. You guys, I think what you have him. Uh, let's see here. Keenan's got him. I mean, I, yeah, I'm not like projecting him. Yeah, not super high. No, yeah. Ke- yeah. Oh, actually, Keenan, I didn't realize you were at nine with me, so you got him lower than. I mean, I don't have him. I don't I guess have, I got to pay attention. Yeah, I don't have him that much. I mean, I think we're on the same page. I just don't think. I still think he's going to get his share of receptions for sure. It doesn't matter who the quarterback is. I think they're in San or not San Diego, LA. Yeah. Well, our last three running backs, all very similar in the way that they. Uh, their running style and, and play is you got Derek Henry at 10, Josh Jacobs, 11, Nick Chubb, 12. The reason I say that none of, none of these guys have ever had 35 career catches. Uh, they don't get many targets, but they all run the ball like crazy uh, potential for the double digit touchdowns on the ground every single year. Uh, but with the PPR, that lack of catches is very tough. No, no wide receiver usually finishes in the top five unless you have 50 catches. So that puts them pretty far away. But of these three, who do you see ending up with the potential for the most catches, Keenan? Not Derrick Henry. <laughs> um, well, we, we talked, you know, this past offseason that Oakland, there I did it again. <laughs> Las Vegas wants to use Josh Jacobs more in the, in the um, pass game. So I think, I think he will because I don't think it's going to be Derrick Henry, and I don't think it's going to be Nick Chubb because they have – Kareem Hunt there, and I think Kareem Hunt's going to take some of the receptions away from Nick Chubb. So I think Josh Jacobs is going to, you know, get more catches than both of those guys. Um, but I wouldn't be I wouldn't be surprised if Nick Chubb did it, but I, I don't think Derrick Henry would. Yeah, I'm going to go – I think Josh Jacobs has the best chance for the most uh, catches. Um, but I'm actually out of the three of us, I'm the highest on Henry. I have him at eight. Um, this offense is still going to run through him. I think he's going to be the rushing leader again, and he's going to have the most touchdowns out of these three backs, um, which is, you know, whereas I know it's PPR and Josh Jacobs will have more catches, you know, but I think the touchdowns will make up for it for Henry. Um, 
and yes, yeah, so that that's where I'm at with that. Um, but yeah, I think Henry's going to have a great year, just just like he did last year. It's going to be more of the same there in Tennessee for the run game. So with Nick Chubb being at 12 for us, then is it is it the Kareem Hunt factor? Is it you know Josh Jacobs and Derek Henry are probably going to get more total touches? What's that the whole, fear there? That whole offense is a factor in in Cleveland. I mean, you got a healthy Odell. Um, hopefully, you know. Baker takes the next step and is able to, you know, use the um, use his arm more. I'm struggling over here. I'm trying to take notes and everything. But um, I, I think that whole offense is a big factor. A new offense over there, I think Baker's going to take the next step. And I don't think they're going to use Chubb in the receiving game as much as, as they're going to use Hunt. Yeah. I mean, yeah, Hunt's was- definitely a factor. I, I actually have Chubb ahead of Jacobs. I have Chubb at 11 and Jacobs at 12. Um, it's it's same as the Derrick Henry though. I I have Chubb for more yards and touchdowns, um, so that's where I think he makes it up. Yeah, and speaking of that receiving game, I meant to say none of these three have had more than thirty six catches because or thirty seven because Chubb just had thirty six last year. But the problem was that he had a majority of them in the first six weeks, and this was all before Kareem Hunt. He had uh, twenty catches, twenty of those thirty six in the first five games. So that definitely did go down. But his workload on the ground didn't really change that much. That's the thing. So I think that's that's why we have him a little bit lower than Jacobs and Henry, well, right below Jacobs and Henry, because um, like we just said, it, it's he's sharing. It's going to go down. Um, and Henry has that ability for a lot more touchdowns. And, like, we're hoping for Josh Jacobs to get more in the passing game. But let's be honest here, though. If Kareem Hunt goes away somehow – I think Nick Chubb jumps top five pretty easily for me. If anything happens to either of these two, the other one jumps great, to top five. Great point. Great point. Yeah, Kareem Hunt's very borderline top five. I think he was, what, right, running back 13 last year in PPR. He's what he finished, and that was playing <laughs> not many games, as we know. I think it was the eight games and, with Cleveland. And a lot of people, you know, they normally don't like to draft handcuffs, and they say draft other teams' handcuffs, but if you're grabbing Nick Chubb, I may like if I'm grabbing Nick Chubb in the draft, I'm making sure I get Hunt. Um, just because for that reason, and on top of that, I can still put Hunt in my flex position. Yeah, he has he 100%. has standalone value. He he is he has the most standalone value for any handcuff in the league. And speaking of that, I got a bone to pick with you, Antonio. You know, I kept Chubb in our one league, and you had to take Hunt in the fifth round. Hey, that wasn't my fault. That was lack of. Uh... That was positional scarcity. Yeah. As much as I didn't want to grab Kareem Hunt as my RB2, I, I had to do that. But, um, Eric, as you're mentioning that, we'll pick that bone one more in a second, Keenan. I just want to say Nick Chubb, as we said, he's going as the RB7 right now in ADP. And then Kareem Hunt is going as the RB28. So you're looking at the 70th overall for Hunt compared to top 10 for Nick Chubb. So, yeah, there is there is a five- or six-round disparity that – you're right. If you grab them both, you could still play them both on a weekly basis. And then if something happens to either one, that could be, I don't want to say league winning potential because you already would have had Chubb and Kareem, but it probably is going to be league winning potential. Kareem um, Hunt, if, if that, if, if Nick Chubb goes down, Kareem Hunt will probably be on a lot of championship teams. Well, he would. I was just meaning more so you spent the draft value on both of those running backs. You are expecting one to hopefully finish near top five. So. Yeah, the thing that scares me, though, with Hunt is where he's being drafted. What if there isn't an injury? 
Well, like I said, while the, the games he played, the eight games he played with Cleveland, he finished as the RB 13. So there is that, that yeah. ability to still play him, you know, and with where you're drafting him, he might even want to be in your flex. So if your flex is still being a borderline RB one, RB two. Like that's it. one of the things though, is I only want to play Kareem hunt in a PPR league. Oh yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, a half PPR, I consider him as my, I mean, he'd be a good flex probably, but. That's about it, yeah. Yeah, a standard, it's going to be pretty ugly for him. Yeah, well, that's uh, that wraps up our top 12 running backs. We went through quarterback and running backs today. Uh, like I said, coming tomorrow, we got another episode for our wide receivers and tight ends. We're going to get that out to you guys right before uh, our, the draft weekend's coming in. Um, I mentioned some big news from our last episode was coming. Hello, Antonio. Uh-oh. Game here, 102, 103, 18 seconds to go. Chris Paul has the ball. Houston's oh, up by man. one. Don't do this to me. 12 seconds. Chris, <laughs> Paul, Chris Paul passes. Oh, he almost turned it over. That would have seven seconds. Passes it out. A three. For the, oh, got blocked. Rebound. Oh, no. Oh, they lost. They, it's over. That's right. Who lost? Who lost? Houston's about to win with one. Oh, Houston's going to win. Yeah, they blocked a three-point attempt. <laughs> there's, there's a half a second left. He tried to throw it out of bounds, or he tried to hit Harden out of bounds, and Harden jumped over the ball. Yeah, he didn't even hit him. Houston ball. Wow. 0.5 seconds, man. As, as Eric was having a heart attack over here, yeah. which you can definitely see if you check us out on YouTube. I'm uh, keeping my, my color commentary. Is yeah, I was great. just about to add. Yeah, great play by play there. Uh, so sorry as well uh, if you recorded that game for some reason and haven't seen it and Keenan spoiled that for you come come Thursday night. But, uh, yeah, like I said, make sure to catch us out on YouTube. You can follow us on Twitter at DynastyMafia underscore FF. You can catch me on Twitter at AntonioDeniciFF, Keenan at Keenan underscore 716, and Eric at EricD underscore FF. Uh, like I was mentioning, that big news from our last episode Come with us one more episode, everybody. We'll have it announced for you tomorrow. Big, big news. We're really excited for it. Uh, Like I said, we'll talk to you then. And uh, Mafia out.